Welcome back to another episode of Devotional Thoughts with Pastor Dave Rogers here on the Y Milbank Podcast Network from Milbank, South Dakota. I'm Craig Weinberg. And Dave, welcome back into the show once again. Thank you. For another week of, of uh, learning and digging into the Word a little bit more. It's always a joy to be with you, Craig, and to share the Scripture, uh, some devotional thoughts with folks that hopefully uh, give them some uh, something to think about throughout their day and throughout their week. Yes, we, uh, we've had a strange <laughs> turn of events here in South Dakota. Um, there's snow on the ground again. Yes, it, and it I don't was, like it. It was weird to get up this morning, <laughs> fire up the pellet stove, <laughs> right. and and uh, get a little heat going in the house. Uh, this is normally where I'm looking forward to free utilities, right? Uh, <laughs> you know, uh-huh. kind of level off my billing. Not right now. <laughs> no, no, it's not. We had, I mean, Easter Sunday a couple of weeks ago was. 70 degrees absolute maybe even 80 it was in the 80s yes absolutely beautiful and now we're snow again so whatever the nice thing is the 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 word doesn't change exactly (laughs) well today i'm excited to share uh, a little bit from james chapter three uh as we start to open up chapter three i think it's important though that we reflect back on chapter two uh, because James in that passage of Scripture dealt with uh, the simple truth that faith without works is dead. As we look at chapter 3, uh, James is addressing the issue of accountability. And uh, with regard to being a teacher of the Word, uh, it's important that there be parity between what we profess and uh, how we live. And so this is why he is uh, calling teachers to be responsible and uh, to be accountable for their works and their words. What I would like to do is just read the first 12 verses of chapter 3 as we deal with this particular subject, uh, the danger of an untamed tongue. Uh, And uh, certainly we have all uh, experienced a little bit of uh, (laughs) the untamed tongue tongue along the the way. We may have been the victim of it, or we may have victimized someone else. We're uh, the perpetrators. (laughs) The perpetrators. So let's listen to what James has to say to the early church here. He says, and I'm reading out of the New American Standard Bible. He says, do not become teachers in large numbers, my brothers since you know that we who are teachers will incur a stricter judgment. For we all stumble in many ways. If anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able to reign in the whole body as well. Now if we put the bits into horses' mouths so that they will obey us, we direct their whole body as well. Look at the ships too. Though they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are nevertheless directed by by a very small rudder wherever the inclination of the pilot determines. So also the tongue is a small part of the body, and yet it boasts of great things. See how great a fire, or how great a forest is set aflame by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire the very world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our body parts as that which defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of our life, and is set on fire by hell. For every species of beast and 
birds, of reptiles and creatures of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by the human race. But no one among mankind can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who have been made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come forth blessings and cursing. My brothers and sisters, these things should not be this way. Does a spring send out from the same opening both fresh and bitter water? Can a fig tree, my brothers and sisters, bear olives, or a vine bear figs? Nor can salt water produce fresh. As we look at this passage of Scripture, it, it seems natural that uh, when we have been the recipient of excellent teaching from others, that we want to pass on the information that we have received so that others may benefit from what we've learned. In fact, uh, I was thinking back uh, to an evangelism strategy that uh, was very popular several years ago that used the phrase, each one reach one, each one teach one. But the fact is, James warns against many teachers in the body of Christ. And the warning is based on the very thing that he dealt with in chapter 2, the danger of having faith without works. Or in other words, we might say, having knowledge without practical application. As I look at this passage of Scripture, it occurs to me the reason for the warning is the accountability which comes with being a teacher. James as we note in verse 2, positions himself as a teacher as he gives this admonition. As we look at verse 2, we note that he states that all make many mistakes and indicates the source of the mistake is often the result of misspeaking. Now, as I think back over my career, uh, I, I'm reminded, even going back to when I was in college, there were professors uh, who had uh, a great grasp of the theory, uh, but had never led the, the practical works of the, the Scripture they were teaching. Uh, they had a lot of information to disseminate, but oftentimes in the course of a lecture or a class discussion, questions were raised that uh, obviously they could not answer because they hadn't read it in a book or because, more realistically, they had never had opportunity to deal with the particular circumstance they were, they were in. I can remember as an early uh, or as a young pastor early in my career, I faced a situation. It, it was, in fact, my third Sunday of being a senior pastor over a congregation. I had uh, served almost two years as a staff pastor, but I'm out there now, and uh, as the old saying says, the buck stops here <laughs> on my desk. And the situation rose up in the congregation that 
I had no idea what to do with. And so I called my immediate supervisor and uh, I laid out the situation to him and said, uh, what, what do I do with this situation? And uh, he said, I have never dealt with that. Uh, I don't have a clue what to do. And he uh, referred me to his supervisor. And so I called the, the one who, uh, in depending on what your, uh, your fellowship or your church affiliation is, uh, would have been the bishop. And uh, he, he said, uh, you know, I, I've never dealt with a situation like that. Uh, why don't you call uh, this person? And he referred me to another person who gave me the same answer. I don't know. <laughs> what to do in that situation. And I'm thinking, okay, this is really weird. On my third Sunday out of the gate, I'm dealing with stuff that gentlemen with uh, 50 and 60 years of experience in ministry <laughs> have no knowledge of. Mm. And uh, finally, I reached a pastor who said, you know, I also don't know what to do in that situation, but I know a pastor who has dealt with a similar situation, and he referred me to that one. Mm. And finally, after several calls, I, I found the right person to help me. As a teacher, it's important that we be able to do more than just disseminate mm-hmm. knowledge. We need to be able to give the practical application of the word. And I believe that that's why James is so adamant here that don't everybody desire to be a teacher. Uh, there comes uh, a lot, there comes with that a lot of responsibility and a, a higher degree of accountability. And so the warning is very, very uh, clear to us. Now, as I was looking at this and thinking again, as he's talking about the power of words and, and uh, the importance of utilizing words well, uh, I was reminded of a, an old saying. I'm sure that all of us have heard it at some point or another in our life. That old saying, sticks and stones may break your bones, but words will never harm you. (laughs) Well, nothing could be further from the truth because words can be damaging. Words are powerful. They can heal. They can comfort. They can encourage. They can motivate. They can challenge or they can destroy. Mm. Because of this, James admonishes us to control our tongues stating that if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could control ourselves in every other way. And so as we look on it now into chapter 3, we find James illustrating the power of the tongue by using several analogies that are drawn from daily living. Uh, In fact, I I have the the three things highlighted here in my notes and uh, just want to point them out to you, if I may. The first thing that he does, he says that uh, the tongue is like the bit in a horse's mouth. It's, It's a small thing, but you steer the whole horse with that bit. My neighbor uh, has uh, four horses and uh, I've gone out and watched uh, the neighbor and his wife uh, participate in some of the uh, equestrian events that they they so enjoy. 
And it, it just fascinates me to see these horses, which often are are out in the pasture near my house, and uh, I walk out, and uh, they don't have a halter on them. They don't have a bit in their mouth, and they do exactly what they want to do. They go mm-hmm. where they want to go, when they want to go, and uh, no one is going to, to tell them otherwise. Uh, I've watched my neighbor trying to get them to come in and uh, go into their uh, their stalls for the evening, and uh, they like their freedom. They like being out there free and <laughs> doing their own thing. And often he'll take a bucket of food, you know, and he'll shake that bucket and beat on that bucket. And all of a sudden they get an idea. Hey, the feed bag is out there. I'm going to head back to the stall <laughs> and they'll go in. However, when I've watched them at these equestrian events, that same horse, which roams freely without a bit is under their complete control with that bit in their mouth. Mm. They can steer that horse. They can make that horse pivot on its hind legs, uh, uh, direct it where they want it to go. And that horse does exactly Mm -hmm. what they want them to do. That bit is a small member, but it, it really directs them. And then you know, we've we've recently watched uh, the events unfolding in the Suez Canal as that great uh, <laughs> container ship mm-hmm. was blown off course and blocked that canal and backlogged uh, over 300 vessels uh, because uh, they couldn't u- utilize the canal with that ship uh, off course and jammed up against the uh, uh, the wall of the canal. We know that that was the impact of the wind uh, hitting that uh, high-profile vessel and twisting it sideways uh, in the canal. Mm-hmm. But under normal circumstances, those great vessels that span the length of several football fields uh, are controlled by a small rudder, and uh, the captain can direct that vessel to go where it wants to go when he wants it to go there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have been fascinated uh, on occasion when I've been near the waterfront to watch these mighty ships of commerce come in. And uh, that captain can put it up at the dock uh, so precisely. Uh, and uh, it's it's an incredible thing to, to see as they use the rudder and as they use the various thrusters uh, that are on there to uh, to move and to uh, drive that great vessel where they want it to go. Again, it's just a small component of yeah. the overall, but uh, it's powerful. And then, uh, of course, uh, we are very familiar with uh, the power of a little spark in a, <laughs> uh, yes. uh, a forest. Uh of course, I'm old enough that uh, I remember the uh, annual uh, spring and summer uh, advertisements, uh, Smokey the Bear and Only You Can Prevent Forest Fires, uh, utilizing or uh, emphasizing uh, responsible use of fire in the, uh, out in nature. Uh, but it only takes a small spark uh, to get a great fire going. And so as we we understand uh, what James is saying, 
uh, he is he's just taking things that are very familiar to us to illustrate the truths. And this is a, a case where I believe that what he's actually doing, and he says, here is how this works. These are the works that we're talking mm-hmm. about. This isn't theory. This is reality. The horse is directed by the bit. The ship is directed by the rudder. And the spark has potential for good or for bad. <laughs> now, in each of these situations, we understand that when these items are properly used, there's room for uh, wonderful things to happen. However, when improperly used, the results will be disastrous. As we look at verses 7 through 12, James now gets to the heart of the matter. And we read that passage earlier. Uh, and so we're not going to take the time to read it again, but let's just walk through here and and see uh, what he is saying to us. Uh, I don't know if uh, the listeners uh, have pets, uh, you know, whether they have a, a pet dog, uh, a pet goldfish, <laughs> a, a pet uh, bird. Uh, I'm not sure I'm going to include cats in here because I'm not sure a cat can be trained. Uh, They are so independent. They do what they want to do. But uh, even though we have knowledge to train all kinds of animals, James brings out this simple point, the tongue itself is untamable. Uh, And when you think about that, uh, you, you think about how often you have spoken and as you spoke you may have misspoke Mm -hmm. Uh, you may have uh, had a thought come to mind and as you tried to articulate that thought it didn't come out exactly as you had intended it to come out and the end result uh, is that uh, there was damage done to a relationship james says that the tongue is restless that it's evil, and that it's full of deadly poison. I have always believed that if you really want to see the true nature of a person and get a, a, an indicator of, of their heart, observe them when they are under stress or when, the, when anger is, is rising up in them. Mm-hmm. Uh, because in those unguarded moments, they tend to really reveal their true nature. Uh, again, Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so I, I think that there's a, a, a valid reason to say that uh, uh, when the pressure is on, what is inside <laughs> often comes out mm-hmm. in the language. Uh, I've, I've had uh, folks that I have greatly admired uh, I've worked with them. I've watched them, and you know when uh, when things are going well, they're very pleasant people to be around. But uh, when things go uh, go south in a hurry, uh, I've seen from them things that just shocked me that I never would have guessed mm-hmm. that were the case uh, for them. That restlessness, that evil, or even some of the uh, the caustic things, the deadly poison that came out of their mouth. Uh, 
You know, James deals now in this passage of Scripture with uh, some of the things that just are, are they're not reasonable. Uh, they they don't make sense that we do it this way, but uh, it it is a fact that we see these things happening. He begins by saying that sometimes the mouth praises the heavenly Father. And, uh, you know, how can we not be moved by praise? Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, one of the greatest, uh, greatest stimuluses for praise is to see a sunrise or a sunset and and to recognize the, the majesty of God unfolding uh, all around me. Mm-hmm. Uh, every time I see a, a spectacular sunset or a spectacular sunrise, I immediately think... Uh, to what it says in Psalm 19, the heavens declare the glory of God. And truly, they do. And, and my heart is just compelled to, to praise the Lord. But conversely, James says that the same mouth that praises the heavenly Father, sometimes it curses those who are made in the image of God. Now, a sunrise is spectacular, but is there anything more glorious than a little baby? <laughs> the innocence, the intricacy. Mm-hmm. When you when you hold that little baby in your arms and you realize this is a complete human being and right. you're just saying, God, you did it so well. Well, fast forward uh, 15, 16 years when all of a sudden that little baby is a teenager. <laughs> Uh, he still reflects the beauty <laughs> yeah. of the the Creator God, but <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, there every parent has has uh, lost their cool with their kids or with your neighbor or uh, with your spouse or, or whatever. And and James is just pointing out that there this doesn't make any sense. It, it's incongruous that in one breath we can be praising God for his glory and for his creation, and in the next breath, a person who is made in his likeness, who bears the same likeness as us, is the object of our wrath, the object of our scorn, and and we direct unkind words toward them. These things ought not to be. Uh, James goes on to say that Blessing and cursing come out of the same mouth. That that just can't be. Mm-hmm. You know, it. I'll never forget. I had been invited uh, to counsel a couple, and uh, I had gone to their house. They were they were having some issues, and uh, the gentleman had invited me in without consulting his wife uh, to come over and to counsel. And so I I didn't realize that, and I was young in, in the ministry. I, That's a wake-up call. <laughs> oh, yes. You know, uh, I was well aware of the fact that one of the uh, most dangerous situations that law enforcement uh, go into are domestic situations. Mm-hmm. And uh, this couple, they were having a moment. Uh, they were having more than a moment. Hmm. And so uh, I walked into the house, and uh, the wife looked at me and said, what are you doing here? And I sensed in her tone that I was not a welcome guest. (laughs) 
in their home. And the husband said, I invited him to come uh, over here and to, uh, to work with us in this situation. And once again, her tone uh, was very unkind as uh, she uh, more or less told him where to get off and uh, invited me to find the door. <laughs> and in that moment Such a in nice time, way to say that. Yes. <laughs> Would you like to look over there? <laughs> in that moment in time, their telephone rang, and she picked up the phone. And now, mind you, she has been vicious with him in her dressing down of his... Uh, lack of wisdom inviting me in without uh, consulting her and uh, coming to agreement. And she had been less than kind in her reception of me. But the phone rang and she picked it up. And this is what it sounded like. Hello. Oh, hi. How are you? You know, and I'm thinking, okay, someone threw a switch in that brain (laughs) because she's now in the gentle mode Mm -hmm. and very receptive. And she she talked very pleasantly to uh, it turned out to be her best friend. uh, And I could tell that she was being very guarded in what she said and everything. She terminated the call and the switch was thrown and she was back into the unkind mode again. And (laughs) and uh, wisdom dictated that it would be a good time for me to uh, excuse myself and use that door that she had so graciously pointed out to me. Uh, (laughs) See that right there? That's where you should go. (laughs) Yes. Later on, I did have an opportunity to sit down and work with them, and uh, we did work through some of the issues they were having. But but blessing and cursing coming out of the same mouth, James emphatically says, this should not be. Mm. You see... You can't have it both ways. And and he goes on and he's using the analogies of nature to bring out this wonderful truth. A spring of water can't be both sweet and bitter. Uh, you you may go to a spring of water and you find that the, the water is bitter and uh, you just say, man, that that isn't for me. Or you may go to a, a spring and, and it's so cool and refreshing and the water is sweet uh, it's just wonderful i i had opportunity a number of years ago to uh, hike a a portion of the appalachian trail with a, a friend we uh took a couple of uh, trips uh over a course of several years and and walk sections of the trail uh in tennessee and in north carolina and and I'll never forget going to uh, get some water uh, after you're out there hiking for a while, climbing. You want to stay hydrated, mm-hmm. and you use up whatever water you've brought with you, and and so you need to replenish. And, and finding springs where uh, we would replenish our water supply and uh, be sure to run it through a filter to take out the uh, the parasites and uh what have you, bacteria. But some of that water was so sweet. I mean, you just think, (laughs) man, if you could just bottle this. Mm -hmm. Wait a minute. Somebody did did figure out how to do that, didn't they? (laughs) Uh, But it's glorious. But you can't have the sweet water and the bitter water Mm -hmm. coming from the same source. Neither can a fig tree produce olives. Olive trees produce 
olives, fig trees produce fruits. A grapevine can't produce figs. And, and what James is saying here is that if we are created in the image of God, mm-hmm. if Christ is Lord of our heart and life, then what comes out of our mouth, even in the most difficult circumstances, should not discredit the Lord. It shouldn't be the ugliness of our human nature, but it should be the the beauty of Christ yeah. in us. Uh, and so we we need to be aware of this. He concludes this passage by saying, you can't draw fresh water from a salty spring. Mm. And so, listen, friends, we need to bring forth the beauty of Jesus, and it takes an effort to curb the tongue. And there are going to be times when we all blow it. Yeah, You know, James readily says, I'm in this group too. <laughs> you know, I'm a teacher. I know that I misspeak from time to time, but we are making a concerted effort. You know, in fact, as I was reading this passage of Scripture, it seemed to me that James had pointed out a problem without providing a solution, and and I I've that's always what you're not supposed felt, to do. Yeah, that's just not acceptable. <laughs> right. You know, if you're going to show a problem, mm-hmm. then bring a solution to the problem. Well, there are solutions to the problems. Uh, as we look close at several verses of Scripture, and I close with this. Listen to the solution of the problem first. Jesus speaking in Jane, or excuse me, in Luke chapter six, verse forty-five says, "The good person out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth what is good, and the evil person out of the evil treasure brings forth what is evil, for his mouth speaks." from what fills his heart, or in other words, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. I've Mm -hmm. already quoted that scripture. The psalmist David in Psalm 19 concludes this. And and again, I started referring to this earlier. Uh, Verse one, the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament shows his handiwork. Listen to what he closes the psalm with. He says, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Uh, We have a choice to make. We need to fill our heart with God's glory and God's goodness. We need to uh, allow the Holy Spirit to refine us Mm -hmm. uh, daily so that there's less of me and more of him. You know, Uh, John the Baptist speaking of Jesus as Jesus' ministry was was flourishing and and his was was kind of uh, in decline, uh, said, he must increase, I must decrease. And that's what needs to happen in all of our hearts and lives. Because according to Proverbs 25.11, like apples of gold and settings of silver is a word spoken at the proper time. So are we are we throwing out garbage or are we bringing out the beauty of the Lord in our conversation? I would encourage you today, if you're struggling in this area, just to submit it to the Lord and say, Lord, set a watch over my mouth. Yeah. And uh, I had a dentist tell me one time, he has, he's given you 50 to 52 teeth to hold back your tongue. Use them. 
And so might be some practical advice for us there. That's hilarious. <laughs> oh, man. <clears throat> well, it is always a good idea to, to watch your tongue. And it usually, usually I've found in my <laughs> experience that waiting a moment before you speak sometimes is best. It is. Just take a pause and think. Definitely so. In fact, uh, James says, be slow to anger, slow to speak, but quick to hear. Mm -hmm. And so there's great wisdom there. That's good. Well, thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Pastor Dave. Uh, Next week, um, wisdom is on the docket. So come back, tell all your friends, share it around, stay healthy, check up on your loved ones and your neighbors. And uh, we'll see you on the next one. Thanks so much for listening and hanging out with us. Have a great day. 